0: Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. When I first got saved, when Lee and I first became believers um, back in 1984, I think it was, uh, we really didn't have a church background at all. Uh, We were were really new believers. We found Christ. We were baptized in the Holy Spirit within about 15 minutes of making that decision for Jesus. We knew no different. Uh, The theology all came later. Uh, We just believed in God, did something incredible. But I remember very early on in my Christian walk how God set me up to show me that he was not God just of, of a Sunday, but my whole life, that wasn't just on a Sunday meeting he would be there, but even during the week uh, that he would be there, it was a classic a classic God moment, Lee and I were on holidays down in New, remember the days you could visit New South Wales, uh, 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 we had, remember the days you used to fly in aeroplanes, that were the good old days, remember the buffets, I used to have a buffet every now and then. Um, but we we're in, were in New South Wales on holidays and we were walking around a, a huge lake. Um, uh, back in the day, there was no mobile phones, obviously. I think the latest technology was a fax machine. Um, and uh, and uh, we got back to the uh, car and uh, I said to Lee, where are the car keys? And she said, no, you have them. And I said, no, I don't have them. Uh, you must have them. And she said, no, I don't have them. You must. And if you're married, you know this conversation. Um, <laughs> You know, and, uh, and it came to a point where we'd lost the car keys in the lake somewhere. And uh, I said, Oh no, we're stuck in the middle of nowhere. Again, there was no mobile phones back then. It was not just ring somebody. It was like, Oh, what are we going to do? And we'd only just been saved, just new believers. And she looked at me and she said, Why don't we pray? And I said, Don't be stupid. This is not church. <laughs> We're stuck in the middle of nowhere. And the keys are probably in this lake somewhere. And, uh, uh, and I went through all my options, because I'm a very practical person. Uh, went through all my options, and there was nothing left except pray. And uh, so I said, you pray. She said, no, you pray. And I said, no, you pray. And if you're married, you'll know this conversation. Uh, and eventually uh, I, I said, all right, God, you can see... Where we are, you know, like it's bad. Can you do something? It wasn't really faith-filled prayer at all. Um, Like, please uh, do something. And I said, Han, you go that way. I'll go this way. And uh, we're walking in water up to our knees probably. And I'd probably gone about three or four meters or five meters, I'm not sure. And um, uh, as I got walking into this murky water, as I um, got to about four or five meters, it was almost like the water parted. Now, I don't think it did but it seemed like it, and, and, and a, a, a ray of light came over my shoulder and it hit this sparkling key ring on the bottom of about two feet of water. I reached down into the water, picked up my car keys, uh, and, and I turned to Lee and I threw them in the air in slow motion for effect uh, and said, "Hun, I knew he wouldn't let us down. <laughs> And it was that there was that moment in time where I had a revelation of that God is with me, yeah. that God is doesn't matter where I am and what I'm going through, God is with me. So today I want to talk to you uh, what I'm going to call about what I'm going to speak to you about is ex- experiencing His power, not just hearing about His power, but experiencing His power. Um, There are there are some things you've just got to experience for yourself. You know when you've been on a great holiday and you bring all the photos back, and the photos do not capture the moment. They don't. You show everybody, and you're looking at the photo, going, "It was better than that." You know, like, no, really, it was better than that. And uh, and the stories they just don't do it justice. You had to be there. You had to have the encounter. You know, um, I'm looking back at some of the things that in my life that I remember so clearly. Uh, a missionary trip to the remote jungles of Papua New Guinea back in the late 80s. Uh, we sailed, not sailed, we, we paddled or motored up a river to a place that very few white people had ever been. And it was so primitive back then, there was still no power in this little village. And they still had uh, the, real shrunken heads. There were people of 50 years ago that they'd either eaten or killed and that shrunk in their heads and they still had them on their poles. And uh, and they were very happy to see us and they um they uh they said, Would you like to stay for lunch? <laughs> and I said, Well, that depends what's on the menu. Um and, you, know, like, you had to be there to experience and see this this remoteness, this primitiveness. Um I was in um the Solomon Islands in the in the jungles up there, and I had found a patch of land. There are old um, war tanks and old trucks still there from World War II, and uh, I, I saw the top of a little bottle poking out of the sand under a tree, and I dug it out, and it was a 1944 Coke bottle in perfect condition, I still have it in my office today, and I was thinking as I looked at that, I had the feeling, imagine of some GI sitting under a tree uh, some 50 or 60 years ago, having a Coca-Cola. The feelings were quite remarkable. Um, In Vanuatu, there was a US ship that hit one of its own mines and uh, off, the, off the coast of Vanuatu in World War II, it was carrying uh, all supplies, so it carried millions of tons of bottles of this and that. And in Vanuatu, there was a beach 500 meters long of shining, to this day, sparkling glass of all the, the milk bottles, the beer bottles, the Coke bottles uh, that floated ashore that day after the mine hit the truck and stayed there. They are so worn down now, you can walk over them, they're not sharp. And, and again, it took me back to a different day of saying, gosh, the feeling of, of history is quite amazing. You know, look, it, the story just doesn't do it justice. You know what I mean? It's, you had to be there. There's an encounter that's needed. Uh, it's, it's the power of a real experience uh, that, that shapes us and changes. The first time as a pastor when I saw a dead person, you know, I <laughs> got the front of my life, there was actually a dead person in the coffin. Uh, you know, like there was, a, there was a sense of, my gosh, mortality is so real. The, uh, the time I uh, felt, smelt burning human flesh in Kathmandu, as they, uh, as they cremated uh, some bodies near the river there and, and, and the smell of the burning flesh. And it was just like, my gosh, this, this world is so incredibly powerful. First time I laid eyes on my new wife and uh, the difference it made in my life when I saw Lee. We met at a nightclub and, uh, and uh, <laughs> she was underage and I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> she shouldn't have been in the club. It's not my fault. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, when I met her and saw her, the, the, the day I, 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 I watched our first baby being born, yeah. Becky, and, and uh, how all of a sudden a stomach turned into a human being. Uh, you know, like to me, I, I can just go over and over. Experience makes us feel and understand that it's undeniable and powerful. Yeah. Yeah. When Jesus died and he rose again from the dead, the world couldn't deny it. The tomb was empty and the world would never be the same again. Nothing upsets a graveyard more than a good resurrection. And when we experience God, the most amazing things can take place. And I know in my years of being a believer, I don't experience God all of the time. But when I do, something profound takes place in my life. Christianity is not about following a certain religious tradition. It's about being alive in God. It's about being not dead to him, but alive in him. The Bible says we are called to be living stones, not dead rocks. And to be a living stone, there has to be places of encounter. It's not just theologically driven, though that's very important, very powerful. There's got to be moments in our world that we come into contact with the living spirit of God. That it, and something takes place and it might not, be, might not be bells, whistles or lightning but something happens in our heart some of the most profound moments I've ever had meeting God are in the front row of church while we're worshipping yeah. Just and I don't know what the reason is right there but it's in that moment that, that something God touches my heart in a very deep way it's those moments that stop me from being a dead rock yeah. Yeah. and stay a living stone 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 4 and 5 says this Coming to him as to living stone to a living stone rejected indeed by men but chosen by God and precious you also as living stones are being built up in a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer up our spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus God is building his temple his church on the earth not out of bricks and mortar but out of the hearts of human beings, yeah. and we must understand that that we're not to be just a, a, a dead in, in our religion, but alive in Him. Yeah. We are His church, uh, people that may dwell in uh, uh, that He may dwell in. You know that there's nothing on the earth big enough to hold the presence of God except that of a human heart. Yeah. That's the only thing eternalness can be a part of is the heart of a human, His creation, a people that He may dwell in. Uh, being a Christian is deciding to be activated and dwelling in the Spirit of God. It's that place where we, we know what God says, but we also know that He's alive and well because we experience Him from time to time. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 through 22 says this, "'Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. A people in which God dwells. Not not an ark of the covenant, not a holy tent, or even a temple, but alive in his people. Living stones that are alive because they've encountered his presence. See, for me to become a believer in Christ, it wasn't that just somebody convinced me. There was a moment in time where something I met moved my heart. My eyes were open spiritually that I've never felt before. I didn't understand it, but I know I'd met with God. And when in those times you meet with God, really meet with God, you cannot stay the same. Something changes. Something moves. It mightn't be identical straight away, but you know that something has happened in your life. Living stones are firstly alive. They have encountered the Spirit of God. And secondly, they are fitted together. They're not isolated, they're a holy temple. You know, and that's why we talk about not uh, social distancing, but physical distancing. We believe in social solidarity. You, we might be physical, but we're a social people. We are designed by God to be a temple of the Holy Spirit, not just one on their own, not independent, inactive, but alive in Him, a dwelling place, a conduit for the redemptive plans of God for humankind. The church was born to shake the world from the grip of darkness and evil. And be assured, whether the pandemic was defined by evil, evil uses chaos to bring chaos to the world. Be assured right now, under the guise, it's almost like smoke and mirrors. As you watch a magician, they're showing you this, but actually what's happening is under here. And be assured, assured, around the world right now, we are in a spiritual fight for Christian values. They're saying, look at the pandemic, but under here they're changing the laws under our very nose. Not just in Australia, but around the world. We are in a spiritual fight here, and be assured the church is the first line of defense for our nation and our generations, for first in the spirit, then in the natural. Don't underestimate the power of us being together in this and believing God. Because this is an attack of darkness. Every time in history, history, when chaos has come across the world, the church has tried to be been destroyed. But the good news is, every time that has happened, the church has gone stronger and brighter and better than it's ever been. The church was born to shake the world from the grip of darkness and evil. And to be this and do this, there must be an impartation from heaven. It's not possible to do what we need to do with human strength. It's not willpower, not just resilience. We need more than that. We must be empowered and experience and encounter the power of the Holy Spirit. There's no doubt that what we need to do cannot be done by human hands. And be assured, the spirit will will holds no value on your opinion of the Word of God. What has power is the Word of God. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. This is what Jesus said. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John, truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus said, wait, and you shall receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. So the disciples gathered together, they weren't sure what they were looking for. They weren't sure what was going to take place. And they waited, like a fetus bent in a womb, waiting for the anointing of their birth. They waited for the promise of the Holy Spirit to arrive. And when it did, they knew it and the world around knew it. It is the force of a real experience that changed them. Not, not, not philosophy or rhetoric, but an encounter with the living God. Can I say to you today, in the days that we live, it is necessary every now and then that you and I find a place alone with God to encounter the presence of the Holy Spirit that we keep not being dead rocks, but we keep alive in Him. It takes more, it takes the word of God, but it takes more than the word of The word of God is as powerful as your anointing or your relationship with the Holy Spirit to read the word of God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They gathered together, they waited. A real power, a real encounter took place. And then we go to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. This is what took place. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. ...as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole place where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance." You know, I I look at this and it talks about fire falling and wind blowing, sounds from heaven were heard, all indicators of spiritual activity. They're all indicated. You don't have to have that, uh, that result to have an encounter with God. What you need to know is that, that when we get close to God, there are spiritual activities taking place and things start to happen. an outpouring on the earth like never before. Before this day, back then 2,000 years ago, men were anointed by God for a specific purpose. Now the Holy Spirit was given to all believers. It was the beginning of a new day, a new empowerment for the church. The beginning that empowered the church. Now that same Holy Spirit is available to all that desire. Right throughout history, when people met with God, they knew it and others knew it. Hell's forces have no respect for your attempts to take on its might, but it will yield to those that are filled with the Holy Spirit and have received power from heaven. Today, I think more than ever, we need to make sure that we are not empty of the Spirit of God, that we are filled with the Spirit of God. The Apostle Paul made it clear that after we have been rescued from darkness, we need to become a threat to it. After we have been rescued from darkness, we need to become a threat to it. That is the reason the church exists. It wasn't just about getting you and I to heaven, though that's our result, that's our end, but it's not our reason. Once we are believers in Christ, our goal is no longer to get to heaven, for that's where we end up. As soon as we are believers in Christ, our goal is to bring heaven to earth. So good. Jesus said, pray like this, my kingdom come, my will be done, where? Yeah. On earth as it is in heaven. Our reason we are still here is to bring heaven to earth. And once we've been rescued from darkness, We are called to be a threat to it. And the only reason we can be a threat to it is that we're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. If we come to God with a desire for Him and His power and His purposes, He will gladly pour out the promise of the Holy Spirit upon us. In John 7, verse 37 through 39, on that last day, Jesus says, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Spirit has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning of the the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. I find it so many significant things in this passage. Number one, the Holy Spirit couldn't come till Jesus was given up. Nothing comes from heaven until first something is given on earth. Nothing comes from hell. Say it again. Nothing comes from heaven until first something is given on earth. Jesus had to be given up so the Holy Spirit could come. He says, it's better that I go that he may come. He says, then then he goes on to say that you'll be filled with rivers of life. Man, you'll be filled with this, this, this sense of who God is. See, God's plan for redemption, Jesus, the cross, the death, the resurrection. Then, after that event, the church empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the promise could only come after Jesus was glorified and ascended back into heaven. Now, instead of one anointed one, there could be millions of believers anointed by the Holy Spirit. When Jesus says, greater things shall ye do, it wasn't that the miracles would be bigger, there would just be more of them. Because there is more of us who are filled with the Spirit of God. There are more believers filled. Now, instead of the anointed Son of God, there could be millions of us being filled, with he- being filled from heaven and taking God's power to earth. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 describes what's going on. <clears throat> but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the end of the earth, which is New Zealand. <laughs> no, it really is. From Jerusalem, <laughs> the end of the earth is New Zealand. Anyway, uh, it says, you know, like, witness to me in Jerusalem, in Redcliffe, in Brisbane, in Judea. It doesn't matter where you look at it, there's a sense of what you need is that if you want to be my witnesses, you need to receive the Holy Spirit. That's the point here, that, that you might have good intentions, but what you need is help, and that help comes from heaven. You might want to be a good... See, being a great Christian is not trying harder. It's growing closer. Yeah. It's not trying to be. It's allowing God to touch and to heal and to release. This is not done in our strength. Our, to be here as witnesses is not done in our strength. It relies on His strength. Today, we need to receive and embrace the Holy Spirit. Then you'll receive power to be His witnesses. You know, I know this, that with Him, I have the power to live like Him, to love like Him. I'm not sure I could love everybody like Him without His power to help me love people. Some people are quite unlovable. I don't find them easy to love at all. But the good news is God didn't have to move in and share the house with them. He just said He had to to love them. But it's His strength that gives us love. It's His power. When we receive power to be His witnesses, we can share the good news about Him. He is risen. When we have His power, we can heal and set free and deliver others. I I live in in a place where it's not on self-confidence, but I have a very strong God confidence. I don't rely on my ability, but I do know His ability. And when I look at the world, whatever it throws at me, I know my own strength. I can't deal with that, but I know if He's with me, then I can deal with all things. We've got to get to a place where we've encountered God and the Holy Spirit enough to know that He will never leave us nor let us go. Let's decide to be living stones, changed, empowered, man, encountering with the Spirit of God, fitted together in a dwelling place, the church where His presence will take over the earth, committed to being ready for salvation, to bring healing and freedom to the generation around us. It's also the power of the Holy Spirit that empowers us to deal with the broken areas of our lives. You know, there's no doubt that as soon as you're born, uh, you're, you're going to go through, it doesn't matter what your journey is, we've all had our journeys, and brokenness is a part of that journey. There's never a person being born on the planet that hasn't had to deal with something significant in some way, in some form. We all come with a brokenness in our hearts to Christ, and it's the power of the Holy Spirit that can help heal our brokenness. It helped deal with the stuff we've been through. He said, I'm going to take you and I'm going to make you. But it's that encounters with the Holy Spirit that enables us to deal with the things we've been through. To be His witnesses means that we are getting healed, getting stronger, getting more like Him. You know what the Bible says? It says the world, we're going to know that we are His disciples by the love we have for one another. We have to allow the Spirit of God to deal with our pain and our hurts. (laughs) I know this in life that why do you have breath in your lungs? Somebody's going to offend you. Yeah. Yeah. Be assured. Somebody's going to upset you. Somebody's going to let you down. And often it's a believer. Often it's a Christian. Not because Christians are horrible. They're just really bad shots. And, and therefore, we've got to get to a place that we allow the Holy Spirit to deal. You know what the Bible says? To forgive everybody of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Forgive everybody of everything. It's only the Holy Spirit that can help you do that. Be assured of that. It's only the encounters with God that gives you the power to do that. So being filled with the Holy Spirit is not a one-time event. There is an initial, but then there is a continual. The reason we need to continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit is because we leak. Life puts such pressure on us, we look down one day and there's a puddle of faith on the ground in front of us. We leak. We leak. So it's not that, yeah, I got baptized and I received it in 1970. No, 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 it's not about that. It's are uh, you filled with the Holy Spirit now? Right. Have you encountered God enough to keep that, that presence? I will know when you, you know how you know when you're filled? Because if you're filled with something, you splash over somebody with something. That's right. yeah. You know, if you're full of it, and some people are, whatever you're full of, will splash over somebody. Yeah, that's right. Whatever you're full of. If you're full of love, love will splash. If you're full of anger, then anger will splash. Whatever you're full of will splash. That's how you know you're full. And if you're not splashing onto to somebody about the wonder of Jesus, you've got to ask the question, am I full? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I full? <laughs> well, I remember, uh, remember Sizzlers? Yeah. <laughs> the buffets. Remember the days when there's buffets? Yeah. And uh, I remember that you had your ice cream machine, and that was Mitchell's favorite thing because um, it was you know, self serve. And as an adult, what you would do is you would fill the bowl to almost the top. But not Mitchell, he would fill it way past the top. It was full. Then he'd put it chocolates and whatever else, and he'd be so excited about his creation and he'd start on his journey back to our table. But when you're full of something, you can't help but splash onto somebody. And it never baited back to our table full. Every time, halfway through, there would be pensioners wearing ice cream. And he'd look, mum and dad, and we'd pretend he wasn't our child. I've never seen this kid before in our lives. I don't know who he is. But I remember that's full that's full. When you splash, you're full. When you're full, you splash. So number one, be full of the right things. And secondly, make sure you're full because then the world will taste and see that the Lord is good. If you want more freedom, you want a, a greater encounter, Make sure you get with the Holy Spirit and read the Word of God that He has breathed upon. As I finish this morning, one of my favorite scriptures is Luke chapter 1, verse 37. And I'm not sure if you have that or not. You do? and I love this scripture because it's so profound. It says, For with God, nothing will be impossible. For with man, some things are impossible. Yet with God, nothing will be impossible. Yeah. I like it that at any moment in my Christian walk, I can move out of the natural realm and step into a room of the supernatural and see the hand of God turn up in such a powerful way. I expect God to show up and show off. Why? For with God, nothing will be impossible. And the second part of the scripture I love, it tells me there's one thing God cannot do. God cannot do nothing. Yeah, wow. Because with God, nothing will be impossible. Wow. So God cannot do nothing. Wow. So good. And that excites me. Yeah. Because if, God, if it's impossible for God to do nothing, then He's always doing something. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. And you mightn't see it or feel it or hear it right now, but God is on your side yeah. doing that's something. And I take great confidence that God cannot do nothing, therefore he will be doing something. And all I've got to do is find my way into his presence and take hold of what he has for me today. Hey, don't just read about his power. Let's experience his power. As much as I love to read about revival, I want to experience revival. I don't want to read about the stories of Brazil and, and Colombia. I want to read about the stories of Brisbane, Australia. That we're in the middle of it. Again, Winston Churchill said this. He said, history will be kind to me, for I intend to write it. Today, I'd love to write history right now. That through pandemic 2019, the church emerged in its greatest strength and power across this great country, the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. And we saw the greatest move of God we've ever seen. Why not? Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.